Have you ever noticed how we're different and the same and the same and we're different and we're different and the same? All kinds of people. On the Talk of Muncie, WMUN, All Kinds of People, hosted by Dr. Joe Mashevitz, getting to know the people of Muncie and Delaware County, Indiana, in a way you've never heard before. It's another way we're using our voice to build our community from Woof Boom Radio and 92.5 FM, 1340 AM, WMUN. Here's your host, Dr. Joe. Good, good morning, everybody. Welcome to WMUN and all kinds of people. And I am absolutely delighted to have Frank T. Scott Sr. with me in the studio. Frank, thanks for coming to Wolf Boom Radio for our chat. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I am lifetime Muncie resident. Thank you. Yes. So um, I'd like you to kind of drift back to Muncie Central. High school back in those days, not too not too far back, but um, what was it like? What kinds of things did you find yourself getting into and involved with back in those days? If you don't mind sharing a little bit of that, um, Muncie Central was um, my sophomore year. Okay, went to Southside <clears throat> my freshman year. Okay, and uh, played basketball at Southside and different things like that. What so position, please? I was a forward. Okay. And um, we moved to Whiteley, and uh, that's when I went to Muncie Central. So I had a lot of friends there, but, you know, it was a South Side Central kind of rivalry thing. And they asked me, you going to come out for ball, Scotty, man? You going to play ball this year? <laughs> I said, no, I ain't playing ball for y'all. Y'all kidding? I ain't playing ball with I don't mind being with you, but I'm not going to play against Southside. Are you kidding? So what sweatshirt were we wearing? (laughs) We didn't wear sweatshirts. uh, (laughs) uh, You know, you look back in hindsight and say, you know, we were so silly when we were kids and things, you know. But um, I didn't do much there. Um, uh, Got into some of the arts and things like that at at Central. But a lot of the time I was really, you know, working. Uh, My father, you know, hard work. Okay. Dedication, those kinds of things is what's going to really get you ahead um, in life. So uh, school wasn't a priority um, uh, in my family. Uh, so uh, through high school, I, I just concentrated on getting through high school uh, and making good grades. I really had no aspirations for college um, because my father said, you know, get into the trades, get into these kinds of things. And that's where you're really going to get ahead because that's how, you know, he got a hit. I grew up in Detroit, and my dad worked the lines at Chrysler's um, and worked at a tool and die shop, and I heard that very same message consistently. Yeah. Thank you. So, And then um, I am kind of curious, um, this black belt certification. Thank you. How did this all come about? Um, went into skill trades at, at Ball Foundation, right. Ball Brothers. And when I came out of there, they closed the mold shop down. I came out of there, went into Warner Gear, and I was there for about five years, and they asked me if I was interested in going into some quality control um, work. And I went into statistical process control and um, um, began to do quality control there for a few years, and then we started getting certified in different areas. And then they wanted a Six Sigma a black belt certification in statistics where you do design of experiments and all kinds of things 
uh, for quality control. And uh, we're one of the few hmm. uh, companies that had uh, five black belts, and I was one of the five Six Sigma black belts. And, and when you get certified, what does that really suggest you're qualified for? Because um, I noticed that you were a Six, six Sigma. Um, yeah. And I guess my thing, I didn't know that it was totally connected to the tech side and quality side. Yeah, um, they are their green belts, uh, uh, brown belts, okay. just, just like just like in karate. And the black belt is the highest degree, I guess, of statistical uh, process control or design of experiments and, and those kinds of things. So you can go anywhere in the country and, and do those kinds of things. And, and headhunters start calling you when you're a Six Sigma black belt, wanting you to come in and do um, experiments and studies on quality in their company. So uh, it's a very coveted, I guess, um, uh, classification. Yeah, I mean, that was my understanding, and that's why I made a special note to try and get a handle on exactly what that was and how you worked your way into that. Um, and then back in 2015, if my numbers are correct, you became the president of Whiteley Community Council. Um, that seems like a challenge to take on, um, adding it to your resume, thank you, but and still involved with that quite heavily. Yeah, I'm still the president after yeah. <laughs> low these many years. Yeah. Uh, uh, quite a challenge because I was stepping into the role of Cornelius uh, Dollison. He was the president, and you're talking about big shoes to fill. <laughs> I was saying, you know, I'll do this, but you're going to have to, you know, be handcuffed to me and bring me along. And um, uh, it's it's been very exciting. I've lived in Whiteley, again, most of my life. So to be able to... Um, um, come into the community and, and have some kind of effect uh, really, really uh, was, was good for me. Um, we wanted to do some different things. Um, we, we brought PowerPoint to our neighborhood meetings and kind of jazzed that all up a little bit. And then we started getting into food insecurities and, and beautification, painting the um, um, McCullough Park. Okay. Those, those yeah. buildings over there, that was a Whiteley project. They got us a national award our food pantry because of um, food insecurity in the neighborhood. Uh, we brought in Hill Tree Farms that brought fresh food into the neighborhood, and there was fresh food at um, Connection Corner. We had food baskets, different places that people could get fresh food, and uh, that got us an award because of our supplying good quality food to our neighborhood. So we've been able to do quite a few things, but we couldn't do it without community partners and bringing those partnerships into the neighborhood, I think, is really what was kind of setting us apart. Yeah, this whole this whole aspect of community in Muncie and you being a lifetime resident is so important. And Whiteley has won several awards over the years. Um, and I, I just wonder, in your day-to-day -day, um, life with Whiteley, looking after all those things and making sure they're all kind of in place got to be a little bit of a challenge at times because some of that relies on people talking to you about their needs but also you trying to find those needs out Absolutely. and like you said keep improving things as you go along yeah we have a really strong uh, board of directors and um, our board of directors for our neighborhood organization um, is always going to be at least 40 to 50% Whiteley residents, 
But the other percentage, we want on our board people that can bring the resources and expertise that we need to help our neighborhood grow and go. Uh, there's a lot of things we don't know. So we need those kinds of people on our board to help us. So we're not just a regular neighborhood association with a board with residents. Uh, and I think that's where we've gotten a lot of our, our help from. Plus, we also got our first grant from, from the Ball Foundation to hire for our neighborhood an executive director to kind of help keep those things uh, straight. So Ken Hudson is our executive director, uh, and I think he's going on five years. And uh, that's really, really how we're going to keep track of all the things that we're doing in the neighborhood. I'm really fascinated by the fact that the board brings in some others who aren't residents with a variety of expertise in different areas not to test your little memory here, but can you think of the areas they come from that really helps the board out? Oh, um, our three goals are education, health and wellness, and safety. Okay. So on our board, we have educators from Ivy Tech, uh, Ball State. We have uh, um, Jason Newman from Community um, um, with uh, Boys and Girls Club. We have an uh, attorney uh, on our board, and we also have uh, people with financial uh, expertise. To help banking. people out. Yeah. Um, and people within the community can tap into these people off and on. Absolutely. To get assistance and, yeah. I just, um, well, I just, I'm totally fascinated by that kind of community. The fact that it's got four first place Neighborhood of the Year awards. Um, and I think moving forward, um, when we come back after this break, We'll talk a little bit about where you see the future of that going. Um, we've been talking with Frank T. Scott Sr., everybody, from Whiteley Community Council. He's the president of that council, has been since 2015. And you are listening to all kinds of people. Stay with us. We're going to come back with Frank and pursue some more about Whiteley. And also what he does with his adorable wife and grandchildren when he takes a little break from Whiteley. Stay tuned to WMUN, the talk of Muncie, everybody. Now, back to WMUN's All Kinds of People with Dr. Joe. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to All Kinds of People. I am with Frank T. Scott Sr., having a good conversation about the whole Whiteley Community Council. But I... I want to diverse a little bit, good sir, and associate pastor of the Renovation Life Church. Kind of a little side let you do on the side here, and talk a little bit about your involvement with the church and um, your role as the assist, associate pastor of that church. Um, I was the assistant pastor at our, our church, Christ Temple okay. Global Ministries, and when our bishop passed away, um, my son-in-law uh, took the church over, and um um, both him and Bishop wanted it to have a new start, a new name, and he put Renovation Life Church on it. I was the assistant pastor then, and I'm still an associate pastor with him, and very excited about And this about, is with your son-in-law now. Yes, So this yes. is a little family endeavor going yeah, on, which yeah. is cool. <laughs> I am so excited and happy to help. They're doing a, a fantastic job, and, and I, I see my role as only supporting and helping them in any way that I can. And that is that Frank? No, that's my son-in-law. Okay, this is Terrell Jones. Yeah, gotcha. he's married okay, to my. Gotcha. They think he's my son because he looks so much like me. <laughs> I told my daughter, "You picked a good one." <laughs> um, and um, 
in terms of the time you spend involved in the church, what are some of the activities that you find yourself doing in that role? Um, they brought me out of retirement. I actually play bass uh, guitar for the praise team. Yes. So uh, <laughs> we're, we're we should have had you bring that. that to the studio. Oh, no, no, no. Cranked no. out a couple <laughs> tunes. That would have been great. Yeah, yeah. So we enjoy doing that. We're doing a men's ministry uh, there, so we'll be involved in that. And my wife and I um, always did couples ministry, and they're doing a mar- they're looking at doing a marriage ministry. So we'll make ourselves available to to do that in any way that we can. And you and Sheila have been married for forty four years. Forty four years. Yeah, forty four yeah. years. And so, I am kind of fascinated by this wife's couples ministry. Is it bring couples in to talk about? Um, and that's what it was. Um, and we had people from the community even coming in and talking to us that had had issues, but unfortunately. 2018, my wife suffered a stroke. Okay. And then she said it had a second stroke, and that took her speech. It took, you know, her left side okay. and those kinds of things. So um, for the last three years, we've been uh, pretty much her full-time caregiver. I lived with her at the hospital, lived with her through the nursing home thing, and now she's home doing therapy and, and making progress, but it's it's slow. Um, she's not slow. She still yeah, lets me I know hear. everything I need to know <laughs> and keeps me straight, but that's kind of hampered that. And then time with the grandchildren? Oh, as much as we oh, can. Oh, as much as you as can. As much as we can, Tegan and Benjamin. They, they're right down the street, okay. so they'll come down uh, to our house quite often. Uh, education again first, yeah. and then we just love uh, interacting with, with them. To get some visit time in with them. Yes. And you're doing all the other things that you're trying to do. And sending them home. With his time. Because after a while with grandchildren, I used to say, okay, time to go back home now. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Um, Just a side note, I'm fascinated by the fact that your mom, Ella, lives in Kokomo. Yes. And is at the age of 97. 97 years old and still going very strong. You get a chance to see her often? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Talk to her just about every day. Yeah. And uh, we make sure we get up there as often as we can to, to visit. That's so cool. That's so cool. So what do you think the future moving forward for Whiteley is going to be, um, given the development of communities, um, the development of the whole Muncie area? What, do you, what are you looking forward to seeing happen with that community and some of their efforts? I think one of the biggest things we're looking forward to is the, the building that we have on Centennial. We bought uh, the TK Roofing Building. And uh, we've had that for three years, now, four years now. Okay. And we're at the point now where we're ready to start uh, raising money to renovate that. It's going to be a complete makeover. And in that uh, facility, we're looking at having, uh, we're talking to Open Door Health Clinic. We're talking to Ivy Tech and Ball State, having space in that building. Uh, we're talking to Pathstones coming into the building and uh, supplying resources, not just to Whiteley. We're wanting to affect that whole east side all the surrounding neighborhoods will have like an economic development uh, kind of a hub they can go to and have resources because people don't travel very well. Innovate, innovator Connector, uh, they don't go out there, but we have all kinds of small businesses that need that kind of help, and having something so close and available will, will make sure that everybody gets that chance to um, take advantage. So this is like turning it into a, what I would call a mall, but a mall with services for people. So maybe Ivy Tech would have a classroom in the building and maybe Ball State and Open Door would have a health center. And that's a fascinating that's idea. That's a clinic, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and to bring a variety of 
services and maybe opportunities for people to pursue things without having to necessarily travel to get to those locations all the time. Absolutely. Ivy Tech and Ball State are in the neighborhood now doing a lot of immersive learning, um, um, uh, lots of immersive learning things. So um, we've got an entrepreneurial class going on with Ivy Tech now for small businesses in the neighborhood to go get a credited class um, that goes towards certification in how to turn your hustle into a real business or how to help your real business grow. Uh, so we're looking at bringing those things to the neighborhood and ha- actually having them go through Ivy Tech right there in our neighborhood. Immersive learning classes right there in the neighborhood, and they're very cooperative and excited about trying to do some of those kinds of things. And, Frank, are, are there some businesses you're aware of that you hope will grow in that area? Is there specific kinds of businesses they're looking for? Um, well, there could be businesses that would supply to the city. Okay. and get city contracts and those kinds of things. My son has a detail shop. Uh, he wants that to be first class. So uh, Jeff Williams and uh, Williams Carpet has been there for years. How can you make that business grow where you need that whole building now? Uh, contracts with Ball State and Ivy Tech and those kinds of things. How do, we, how do we get into those areas? So that's what the business class is all about. So that's on your agenda. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I can tell by the enthusiasm in the voice that that's a pretty important project moving forward. Um, As you think about the future um, and your community in relationship to the rest of Muncie as well, um, are there some other goals that are sort of on a notepad you have put away someplace that you would like to see because of your involvement as the head of this particular group? Uh, finding my successor would be a, you know, usually <laughs> so neighborhood we're presidents. That time where maybe the grandkids are becoming so important that we want a little time. Well, no, uh, just getting someone else involved in leadership, developing those young leaders and getting them involved in the neighborhood and making sure that they're reaching out beyond widely. We want to be self, um, self-sustaining without being self-contained. We want to be able to sustain ourselves, but not without reaching out and bringing in resources and also offering those resources to other people. We want to be a resource, not just gain resources into our neighborhood. So we want to be able to find a way that we can take everything that we're doing and everything that we've learned and share it with a greater community and say, you can do this in your neighborhood as well. We'd like to see other neighborhoods going to Neighborhoods USA, making presentations and telling about the things that they're doing in their neighborhoods. I really... I'm kind of fascinated by that whole concept because I've got to believe sometimes when you do a good job like you've done with Whiteley, other communities look and say, okay, they're doing their thing. They don't need us anymore. (laughs) Or we don't need to work with them because they're doing their own thing. Except what I hear you saying is time out. We have some resources that could help you and you have resources that could help us. So how about you go to the USA community stuff and let's all understand what we're doing so we can collapse some of the stuff and work together on some of these things. Because it's about helping Muncie. You know, Whiteley wouldn't exist without Muncie. So if it's not good for us and not good for Muncie, then it can't be good for us. Yeah. If it's good for us, I mean, and not good for Muncie, it really can't be good for us. So it's about the community, which we're just a small piece of. We're like a puzzle piece sure. that makes but, up this community. But an important puzzle piece within the larger community. Absolutely. And then also 
with the desire in the future to reach out to other smaller pieces who have communities to say, time out, let's start sharing some resources. We're all connected. All connected. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been talking with Frank T. Scott Sr., and it's been just enjoyable to talk about his work in Whiteley. And a little bit back in the day of that basketball stuff going on. Thank you. And um, congratulations to his wife, Sheila, for 44 years of wonderful marriage and their family. And I hope you all tune in again next week on WMUN, the Talk of Muncie, for all kinds of people. It's Dr. Joe saying all of you have a good week. And take care of yourself.